The dawn of spatial computing is coming as the Apple Vision Pro is about to go on sale. Are you ready to buy one? We're talking about what you need to know before investing in the Vision Pro on this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Uh, first, a happy new year to everybody listening. Oh, yeah. I'm still I'm still typing 23 a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it used to be you would write the old year on your checks for yeah. a, a good month, and I don't write checks anymore, but I'm still typing 23 on into date lines and on things. So we kind of started the new year with Apple announcing that the Vision Pro headset will be available to order on January 19th. In the U.S. only. Yeah, which we knew. They, they said that at WWDC. I, I was surprised a little bit that it's available so soon into 2024. They said early 2024. And Apple speak, that's usually like with, within the first quarter. Yeah, on one hand, it's pretty early. On the other hand, they had what felt like a very finished product at WWDC, and they've just been doing software. And it's, but we've often spoken about how these sort of, first of a new category type products from Apple aren't in the usual cadence. They, they, they pop up when they're ready and then they'll fall in somewhere where you'll start to expect them in the March wave or at WWDC or in the fall wave and not just at some random time. I also thought maybe there would be some kind of an event, some kind of a fanfare that to really introduce mm -hmm. it because it's a new like they did that with apple watch apple watch made its debut or it's unveiling alongside the iPhone. yeah six i think or success and then uh six months later or three months later three uh about six it was, it was, it was March. the following march they had a separate event to talk about you know the the bands and functionality and, and the pricing so I thought they would do something similar yeah, it's with 10 Vision days Pro. before the pre-order starts and still a few weeks before it goes on sale. So we may yet have, you know, it, it, they're not going to pile a bunch of people into Steve Jobs Theater necessarily, but they, we may have one of those direct to web kind of uh, event, quote unquote event things. Maybe. It would be surprising if they didn't, if that did exist, they wouldn't use that to announce the pre-order date. Like that's usually what they they rev it up and then they say, oh, pre-order thing in January 19th. A few extra tidbits uh, that came out when they announced it were, um, uh, comes with two straps. Yep, which we, we, we had thought yeah, maybe, maybe. you would have to buy one, the separate one. It comes with the two different straps, which is a thing. I think, Roman, when you tested it, you had the second yes, strap. Yes, because I have a bigger head than <laughs> most people. Right. Yeah. Uh, I had the strap that goes across the top of the head in addition. I think we don't know if there was a change in their uh, approach because the initial uh, introduction made it seem like you wouldn't have that strap across the top of your head. Yeah, well, they, in most of the pictures, they still kind of do. But some of them now show the strap, which they are calling. Let me get the name. It's a solo knit band is the one that goes around the back of your head. and The dual loop band is the one that goes over your head. Um, it comes with a polishing cloth. Hey, uh, yeah, that's yeah. $19 right there. A, a couple of different light seals, which again, that's a size of your face kind of thing. 
And um, if you need classes, the custom inserts that they make for the that are made by Zeiss, uh, they're ninety nine dollars for readers or one forty nine if you have a prescription. That's fairly aggressive pricing for that. I thought they would be. Yeah, we kind of expected worse, but it's a. $3,500 product, and I I think they're maybe not trying to make much money off of this. I mean, $99 for readers is a lot. <laughs> like, I know they're, like, magnetically attached, and they're, sp- they're special, but they're, they're uh, good ones are, are 10 or 15 bucks at the store, so. And I think that's what I would use. I, I have prescription glasses, but that's just because I mine are readers- and that transition to further away, whatever. If I'm just looking at yeah. VR, I would just need to see up close, and that's I have you know reader eyes. And it also has a cover for the front. The uh, the screen has a what what not in use. It's like a like a cloth type thing. Stuff. Yeah, and it comes with the battery pack and the USB charge cable, yeah, and a power charging pack. cable and the power adapter. All the things that you would expect to. And they say the battery lasts about two and a half hours of of 2D video. Yeah, that is an upgrade over the two hours they had originally said. Um, and when they mean 2D video is you'll be watching it on a virtual 3D screen, but it's a 2D video. It's not spatial video. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Apple's usually not too far off on their uh, battery estimates. They're not. They're usually not too. If anything, they're they're under. Than inflate. Yeah, depending on how you how you use it and stuff. So yeah, I'm curious how long the battery will last for spatial computing work. <laughs> like like I'm playing games and I'm using virtual desktops and I'm using apps. Do you have off the top of your head, Jason, what like a meta quest to last how long that lasts not, for not gaming? anymore? I mean, I used to know that stuff for the previous generations, but they're on Quest 3 and the MetaQuest Pro. Is that like the latest versions? Those things I don't know. Um, I think it's a little longer than that. But they are, it's much less powerful hardware. Do you guys imagine wearing it longer than two hours? No, personally, no. But um, I mean, as it becomes, I guess, more of a a thing that you do. I mean, like Jason said, if you're watching a movie, you know, some of them are, well, like Apple's own flo- Killers of the Flower Moon is like three and a half hours. So if you're watching that on Vision Pro, you got to have to swap out your battery. I honestly, for me, it's, I, I haven't used it yet. Roman, Roman has, it's, it's more of a comfort thing. Like I sit at my desk all day and look at a laptop screen. If it's comfortable enough to wear and use, sure, I can see wearing it for three, four hours at a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And especially, you know, if there are, games that aren't on the scale of mobile games they're more on the scale of some of the bigger vr games or console games and stuff like that people will play games for way more than two hours right i'm sure yeah. you can you does it do you guys know can you use it plugged in can you tether to it I, I believe i believe it's passed through charging so the the battery pack has the connection that goes to the headset and then a USB-C port on the other side of it and then, and so you, yeah. that you plug to the wall. So if you want to be 
plugged into the wall, you can use it and it will charge the battery pack and pass through power to the. So if you're sitting and watching a movie, then that's that's easy enough. Yeah, or, or if, you're, if you're near a plug. Then so yeah. it's really just moving around like gaming. When- and even on even if you're on a plane where I, I believe we heard that they all have a, a flight mode um, so that you can do things like watch movies on a plane. You got to be out of your mind if you bring this thing on a plane before at least 2027, right? No. Oh, absolutely not. No. Somebody's going to do it the first week and <laughs> post a video. Yep. There's not yep. a, There's not a chance. But it's a great way to, you know, if you want to watch a movie on the plane, that's a great, like VR stuff is a great way to do that. They need to have a flight mode because the plane tends to move and all the gyro stuff and like headsets are built on the concept that the ground isn't going to move under your feet. <laughs> so if there's movement, it's you moving and that it moves the view. So when the plane bumps and moves a little bit and you're not moving, it just, it, your view starts going all over the place. So that needs to, to turn that off. But yeah, no, if, if I've, I've seen people have the cheaper meta headsets on a plane, you know, it just lets you see a big movie screen and, and turn off your environment for whatever. So, oh, I looked it up. MetaQuest 3, it's down. Battery life is down from MetaQuest 2. It's two hours um, with when using real sort of VR apps like you know, games and stuff like that. Okay. So, pretty comparable, I would assume. Is the MetaQuest battery built into the headset or is it also a, a separate pack? It's all built into the headset. Everything's in the headset. They, they do have a controller, though. They're not doing hand tracking for everything. It's fi- also $500. <laughs> they, they've done a much better job with the three of the pass-through video being color and fast and stuff like that. So you can kind of get real decent AR experience, which is really the way Apple's doing it. So not at the level that Apple's doing it, but it's real usable kind of an AR experience. And there's some cool stuff online where people are doing real things with it. Things that make me question if Apple's headset's really going to be able to do some of these because it's a lot heavier. (laughs) At some point, you want to be lightweight. I saw a thing where people are playing tennis. They're out on an actual tennis court, but you have a virtual tennis racket and your opponent is in another city. And you're playing tennis with them virtually, but out on a real tennis court. And I'm like, but I couldn't move around a tennis court really fast with a heavy VR headset. Like that yeah. thing is going to slide and jostle and, or it's going to have to be cranked so hard to my face, you know? So I, th- I think there's some limits to some of these, what you're going to be able to do. I don't think Apple's listed the exact weight of, um, Vision Pro yet? No, just from everybody's um, impressions from WWDC. When I did my demo, it, you know, I only had it on for like 20 minutes. I didn't start to tire, but I could see like, oh, if I wore this another 30 minutes, I'm maybe not necessarily tired, but like start to feel annoyed about, you know, the way it wraps around your head or something like that. The comfort. I kind of feel that way about glasses sometimes. Like when I take them off, it's like a release, even though they're not heavy and I don't even notice them half the time, but it's still something on your body that's not. That's what's in the package. It's not really clear how this all works, though, because you pre-order it and then it starts to arrive in stores on February 2nd. It sounds like you have to go to the Apple store because you have to do a fitting 
as Jason said, each Vision Pro comes with two light seals, presumably one larger and one smaller. It could be a simple thing where you get like small, medium, large, extra large. Like it, like actually Apple Watch, you can get a medium band or a large band depending on the size of your wrist, and you get and you get two of the one side. So you know, in case it's a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller. So maybe they'll do it that way, where it's not so precise, but it it'll be like a one size fits most type of a thing. What I don't understand is, you know, a how the pre-ordering is going to work, and b the prescription thing. Like if you pre-order and you need a prescription, like I don't know my prescription, I'd have to dig it out. Some. Oh yeah, you'd have to. You'll have to fill out a form. You're gonna have to, right? You're gonna need it. Which you know, your 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 optometrist will give you. On the Vision Pro site, it says a valid prescription is. Re- so do you have to like s- scan it and send it in online if you buy it online? A I lot guess. of stuff okay. is like that. I mean, j- just like just like ordering glasses online. I mean, there are a bunch of companies that do this. Well, the thing that's unclear to me too is if you have a prescription like I do, if you don't have the prescription on hand on January nineteenth. Does that mean you can't complete your order until you have your prescription on hand? They'll probably come out with an article like that week explaining like how that works and what you'll need just so people are ready for it. Yeah. I would suggest to anyone who's trying to get one to have your prescription ready ahead of time, possibly already scanned. Take take your photo, use continuity camera and take your photo, have it ready, have that image ready to upload or whatever. Because if you're racing everybody else to try and get one without a long wait for delivery, the last thing you want to do is have to wait till your optometrist calls up and have them send you your prescription and all that stuff. When I did my demo at Apple, they took my glasses and they measured my prescription and they had optometrists there. So... That, I mean, that was a whole different situation. That's not going to be like, that's not how it's going to be at the Apple store. They're not going to no. have, they're not going to have opticians there measuring prescriptions or anything yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, I, I highly doubt measuring that. your, your glasses is, it's a machine. You, they put it, they put it on a machine and it tells them it's, but I still don't know if there's a legal thing where you need to be a registered optician or something to do that. And it, the, the people who do that at your, eyeglasses places are not mds they're not your optometrist they're people who sell glasses <laughs> so it might be totally okay for them to do that they wear they be- wear white doctor's coat <laughs> mine don't only only my optometrist everybody else you know they're just selling you glasses it would not surprise me if at least some apple stores had something like that where if you go into pre-order one, you're interested, you're taking the demo, they're going to have demos and stuff. They're going to say, well, we can measure your glasses to, uh, so you can get the right inserts, but you're still, you're still not walking out with one that day. You're, you're still ordering one and then, you know. Yeah, they, they might do that. So uh, Mark Herman and Bloomberg uh, described that they're going to have demos at the Apple store mm-hmm. where you can sign up for, I don't know, whatever it is, probably similar to what Roman did about 20 minutes. and. Try it out because there's a lot of people, even though it's expensive, it's it's not more than, say, a 16-inch MacBook Pro with two terabytes of storage and, you know, 60 gigs of RAM. You know, like, it's not out of the realm of what people will pay for an Apple device. But it's still, it's expensive enough where if they're not going to sell this thing in mass quantities, but people are going to want to try it. They're going to want to see it. 
and Apple's going to want to accommodate that as much as possible. Yeah, there's no way they could have the demos be just for people who don't wear glasses. Right. So they're going to have to have at least... They might have that machine there, yeah. Yeah, or at least a variety of inserts for you to try or something, you know, something. And yeah, it's it's extremely expensive for what it is, for being like an M2 and 256 gigs of storage. I don't recall ever hearing or seeing anything about other storage options being available. It said starts at. That's the only thing that indicates there might be higher storage. Um, starts at thirty four ninety nine. I don't know. At this point, how would you know if you need or want more than two hundred fifty six? Because we have no idea what gets stored in the device, how big things are. Like I'm assuming you're not storing movies on the device; you're just streaming. But you would want to be able to store some. I, yeah, I guess if you're on a plane or something, or you're traveling, it's just classic Apple that a thirty four hundred thirty five hundred dollar device starts at two hundred fifty six gigabytes of storage. Like, come yeah. on, yeah. <laughs> I remember they did that with the Mac Pro. Maybe they still do. Um, when they when they came out with the uh, the the modular one that everybody was waiting for, and it had two hundred fifty six gigabytes of storage for six dollars. Like, geez, really? Um, or, or maybe it was five twelve, but it, it it was lower than it should have. They just always play those games. And and then the the cost to update upgrade it. It's like it's gonna be a hundred dollars for another two hundred fifty six. For right to five twelve, then another hundred to one terabyte. Some it's more than that. It's like one hundred and fifty or something in some products. Yeah, it'll be a lot, um, and they'll sell out. It's there's not a chance that they don't sell out of every single one they've been able to make within probably within the first several minutes of ordering. Oh yeah, um, it'll be gone. The question is, when do they catch up? Right? When does the people who will spend at least thirty five hundred dollars for this? catch up to manufacturing and and it'll be several months i mean air i remember air, airpod max it took till like early march before it was or even yeah. air, even the non-max even just airpods it took a while before production you know or, or, or manufacturing kind of kind of met demand and based on everything we read this thing is so cutting edge like it's yeah it, it, it's, I think it's, um, it's extremely precise to build. I think Apple was caught on. I think they even said they were caught off guard with the AirPods Max. They were like, "Oh, we yeah, didn't think demand sure. was going to be that high." And, you know, and I think with this one, they are. They know they need to make every single as many as they can. But they also like to artificially kind of. Apple loves when supplies are constrained. I mean, they, that means that it's hype that. Means more people are going to pay attention. Oh, it's sold out already. Let me see. What, it, it's good for. Se- they still want to get millions out as fast as they can. I think, and 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 there will come a point where they can't make them more enough, more of them fast enough. Um, but my my question is, you know, they're also going to run into that point where everybody who's willing to pay over thirty five hundred dollars has one for the most part. And now what? Now we can make more than we want. Do, do they wait for the next gen one? Do they? Is there a price drop? Is there price drops very uncharacteristic for Apple? But it's happened. It has. It has happened where they uh, HomePod most notably they cut the price from um, three ninety nine to three forty nine. I think something like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's not rare, but it but it has happened with something like this. I suspect that their margins are a little bit under the the thirty nine percent that they like to meet. Uh, for the first uh, for initial manufacturing, yeah, but as manufacturing ramps up, 
that'll smoothen out, I think. And then if they cut it to thirty nine ninety nine, is that going to really spur many more people to buy one? I, mean, I don't know. Twenty nine ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. No, I think the next big sort of inflection point might be twenty four ninety nine, and then nineteen ninety nine. Especially since a lot of people are going to have to buy. You're going to spend at least another hundred bucks on inserts, and then probably another hundred bucks on storage. You know. One issue I wanted to bring up is that this seems like it's a standalone platform, meaning that it's not necessarily it's not relying on your iPhone like the Apple Watch does. Apple's not saying anything about compatibility requirements for the iPhone or a Mac or an iPad or a watch. No, it is like buying a, a new MacBook. It is you can obviously sign into an existing Apple ID and and get all the benefits of that, but it is its own thing. It's its own standalone. So if you're worried about, say, your iPhone isn't compatible with the Vision Pro, the one thing you do have to be concerned about is if you want to use it with spatial video and you need to have an iPhone 15 Pro to do that. To, to record. To record yeah. your own spatial video. You could probably record spatial video with the Vision Pro itself, right? That is, uh, they showed... Camera on it. Yeah, there's several. Well, there's, actually. Yeah. Yeah. There's 12 <laughs> sensors or something, but there's, yeah, all the cameras you need. They showed that in the intro. It's, having a camera mode where it's not on their face, they're holding it in front of them to, like, record video. Like record a spatial video, or you could do it, I guess, with it on face. And of course, the little screen where it shows your eyes would do something different. It's going to glow or do something where it'll let everyone else know you're recording a video. It, yeah, that, there's that capability. But if you just want to be out and about living your life and go like, oh, this would look so cool on my thing, you need an iPhone 15 Pro or Pro Max. And uh, the new, the newest AirPods Pro. The second, the one with the USB-C case that has lossless. I don't quite understand completely yet, but for some reason that they tweak something in that model. Yep. That the sound is a little bit better than. Oh, oh, specifically and only with the Vision Pro. Vision Pro. It doesn't do, it doesn't do lossless for other things, just Vision Pro. Right. And it's totally weird that the, lightning version doesn't because is for all we can tell like what's changed it's almost like they just decided not to update the firmware there's some slightly different radio difference or something that's you can't even tell and i doubt you'd even be able to tell listening to the two i mean it's airpods pro are pretty i don't think you're going to notice that much of a difference uh seconds all second gen airpods Pro will have a, a low latency. It won't be lossless, but it's a special low latency mode when working with the headset at all. Because when you're doing spatial audio and turning your head and stuff, you want it to to update the audio direction like in microsecond, like as fast as possible. So there's a low latency mode that's just not lossless. And it's weird. It's got built-in sound things too, right? And that most people say is really good. Yeah, Roman, when you tested it, you didn't. Did you have an iPod? Did you just listen to the headset? Okay, so yeah, so. Right, yeah, so there is. But if you want it to be, I guess, not 
audible to other people around you, you would need mm-hmm. airplane. Um, as far as compatibility, my guess is that there will be a time pretty soon, probably next, you know, iOS 18, where there are features with the newest iPhones that only work with Vision Pro, Apple Watch, only work with, like, you know, they're going to start to integrate all these things much tighter. Yeah. And once that happens, then you're going to be, you're going to need newer hardware. But like, as far as I know, Roman, the Mac stuff, like that's a, a fairly decent size part of what Vision Pro is at the start. All you got to do is sign into your account, right? Like you don't need a Mac. Oh, like the virt- Mac virtual display? Yeah, that stuff. Like, So that wasn't part of the demo that I did. I'm guessing it wasn't ready at that time. Uh, but I mean, that's what they made it seem like how it would work. Um, yeah, from, from what it, it seemed to be from the video is you you do need to be near your operating Mac right and your mac is running cuz your mac is running the stuff and it's just it's just a virtual display window in your in your vr view as, as, an oversimplified uh explanation would be maybe it's like it's kind of like universal control on your head yeah it's like a wireless it's like having a wireless display for your mac just like in a little virtual window uh and i think Somebody had asked Apple some questions about that, and it's like limited to one for now. You could technically sit in front of your Mac and just use the AR to like look at your Mac and and use it and have a second window. <laughs> but uh, you can't like have multiple different screens at once from that running from one Mac. It says uh, I'm just looking at the um, the press release with Mac virtual display users can even bring the powerful capabilities of their Mac into Vision Pro. Creating th- there's no asterisk there, but I I have to assume it's got to be Apple Silicon, right? It's got to be M1 or later. Oh yeah, probably that to where I would assume. But there's there's no there's no little you know how they have the asterisk and the footnote that tells you compatibility. They don't even have one for like it doesn't even say that it needs Sonoma, but it has to. Well, I'm sure I'm sure artificially speaking, it's just not going to recognize the VR headset and stuff. But all your Mac is sending is a 2D. Window the same thing as when you airplay from your Mac, right? And then you're just sending controls back. So Mac support wireless display type of stuff through that now. Kind of anything that would do that, I would think work. You just need to be on the same Wi-Fi and Bluetooth for the to send the controls back. Maybe not even, but it's. It, I think technologically speaking, it what in terms of what you need. It's just be very similar to like airplaying your Mac t- screen display to a TV, except you're just airplaying it to a 2D virtual window in your in your headset. One of the reasons why I was hoping for an event was because an event would be a time where Apple could showcase uh, third party applications or even first party applications. We didn't see all that much at WWDC. It was all very like sizzle. Yes. But right. they didn't really get into depth, into any kind of depth with any of this stuff. I mean, we, I think we can assume we're going to get the typical Apple apps. But beyond that, we don't really know. In the press release, they say, key productivity and collaboration apps like Fantastical Freeform, JigSpace, apps from Microsoft 365, and Slack. And then in the gaming department, um, sorry, the gaming section, they talk about Apple Arcade. And spatial games, including Game Room, What the Golf, and Super. Ooh, What the Golf would be a good one. Yeah. Obviously, Fruit Ninja, they've done that. 
they've done that before and all that meta stuff and everything. Yeah, the that virtual persona feature where it's like a virtual of your face, like reconstruction. That's the FaceTime stuff. That's yep. going to be in beta when it launches. And apparently a few of these other um, features are going to be kind of early or beta at first. I mean, I think it's, it's, you're largely a beta tester for the most part. I mean, it's as, it's as close to alpha as you're going to get, but you still, it's going to be bugs. There's going to be issues. There's going to be hiccups. They're, ne- they're definitely not going to call Vision OS 1.0 a, a beta. But it, you're, there's definitely going to be some updates over the next few months, right? I mean, it's like the original. The original iPhone was it worked well, but there was bugs, there were issues, and then version two got the App Store and everything kind of changed. So, I just think it's a, to, to to your point, Roman, about seeing more of the device. The even in the press release. All of the little video clips, they're all the same ones we saw in June. Right, that's what I mean. There's, there's not a lot of new stuff that they gave us. It's like 8,000 words, but they're all the same words that we read <laughs> yeah. in June. There's, you know, like we talked about the new stuff. They talked about the, what's in the books, things like that. But we still have a lot of questions about what it does and how it does it and how easy it is to use. And there's not even a text text page to, to look at, you know, the, yeah. the screens and the cameras and the sensors and all that other stuff. So. Like, I don't want to use the word hasty. I'm sure Apple knows what it's doing, but I'm going to say I'm, a, I'm still, I'm very surprised that it's launching in less than a month. I feel like the pre, uh, the things like the tech specs page and all that stuff, what, when they get to where there's a buy link and all that, I think that's when you're going to start to see those sorts of things. Maybe. I just also think they're just not overly concerned with making a lot of that stuff because they don't have to convince people to buy this too strongly they have to convince people that this is the start of a revolution that's but that's more of what i'm looking for but like everybody uh they're gonna but they i think they they're well aware that they're gonna sell out everyone they can make for quite a while i i'm gonna i'm really curious to see what's gonna happen at wwdc because now there's gonna be a whole other section there's a vision os section where they talk about all the changes to vision os and once it gets in tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of users' hands, and they start using it, uh, and developers start getting feedback on their apps and everything. We're going to see a lot of changes to how frameworks work and how things work. We're going to, you might see some big overhauls to like, how does the button work? How does the crown work? What does it do? We didn't, we don't like it working like this. And we've seen those kinds of things with Apple Watch where they just reassign how buttons work and all this stuff. So. Hey, I, I think there's going to be at WWDC this year, they're going to talk about Vision OS 2 coming this fall. And it's obviously going to have all of the things that is necessary to keep it in line with iOS 18 and all that other kind of stuff, whatever updates to Messenger and stuff there are. Um, but it's, it's also going to have a lot of new stuff for developers that I think is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a platform that they have to keep moving every six months, every year. I mean, I don't know if it necessarily needs new hardware every year, but it definitely needs to not just like an iPad OS type here that has two new features. Like if this is the next generation, like if you look at those early years of iPhone, right? every uh, iPhone OS or phone OS before it became iOS, I mean, they were monstrous releases bringing major changes, major things that transformed how you use your device and made people who didn't have one want. So if this is going to be 
the next generation, the next era of Apple. Like they, it can't be like AirPods Max where there's a ton of attention at the beginning and then they forget about it for three years. Like it's, it's going to have to be every year. There's a reason to update it, a reason to, you know, if there's a new one to buy it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a, it's a tall order. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. This is probably the hardest thing they've ever embarked on to convince people that they need. According to, um, maybe not according to it, based on how I'm reading the press release, all that Disney plus stuff mm-hmm. that looks so cool doesn't appear to be part of the initial release. They do say you can watch Disney plus streaming content, but that's presumably just slap movies in a larger space. They didn't have like a section that talked about, you know, whatever they're going to call it or dive deeper into blah, blah, blah. Like, so I think that's going to probably be a, a, a version two thing. All that NBA stuff that they showed like courtside, that's, I don't think that's part of it yet. I think that we're looking still. Yeah. The NBA thing that could be done with an app. I think that's down to. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they're all apps. They yeah. just they didn't, Apple just didn't spotlight them yet. So. I assume that means they're not going to be ready in February 2nd at the very least. Right. It's going to come down to when those partners are ready. It's not really necessarily a Vision OS 2 thing. It's it's just a, well, when is Disney Plus going to have their AR content ready and be ready to launch their app or whatever? Uh, spatial content. Yeah, spatial computing <laughs> experiences. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff from big players coming out that probably won't be ready on february 2nd i think the fun surprises are going to be what is like because like you said that this press release in advance of the pre-order doesn't tell us anything i mean they they spotlight a couple of really like low-hanging fruit things but as soon as they get the green light from apple you're going to start seeing youtube videos and stuff like that from developers of oh here's what our vision pro app looks like you're going to see some cool stuff and developers big and small you're going like oh wow this is amazing. there's there's so much content and it's also a chicken and an egg type of thing like the thing has to be a success for the apps to come but the apps have to be have to come in order for the thing to be a success so like it, it, you know we're kind of chased they're kind of chasing who who gets there first apple has been working with developers and some of them have been able but, that, but that's a relatively small number of trusted developers who have units and they're signed a million ndas and all this other stuff you know there's 10,000 of these things are going to be sold to just app developers the first month. <laughs> you just are desperate to get started making their, their app. Uh, so just to wrap this up, um, to remind everyone, the Vision Pro will be available to pre-order on January 19th in the U.S. At 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Pacific, just like the iPhone. Right. Yeah. Get ready to get up early. Once again, I say I don't want to hear it because I used to have to wake up at 3 a.m. <laughs> to get my iPhone. I know. <laughs> Five a.m. is about the midnight. The midnight <laughs> that, thing is. Yeah. It starts at thirty four ninety nine. Uh, you'll need to pay extra if you need uh, optical inserts and presumably storage, and presumably they'll have battery packs. But they didn't say uh, if or how much those would cost. Yeah. yeah but I have I, to assume that those will be if you want two. And it comes with the free polishing cloth. Make sure you get your polishing cloth. I wonder if it's the same polishing cloth or is it like a special edition polishing cloth? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got to be exactly the same. It's got to be like they've got a warehouse full of these and they're like, we'll put it in the edition. <laughs> make them feel special. Like, 
That was another thing that when that first came out, they were sold out for months because everyone was like, "Oh, that's hilarious! I want." <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, wait, what was the price? Was it forty nine dollars? It was nineteen. It was nineteen. It was 19 yeah, nineteen dollars for a microfiber, a single microfiber cloth. But it is, t- to their credit, people have said it's it's not just a standard microfiber cloth. Like once they got it's it, good. I have used one. it. Yeah, it's yeah. not just like any cloth you would get from your eyeglass doctor. It is a, it is different a little. Like, but it's like <laughs> little embossed Apple logo. <laughs> the uh, the original iPhone came with um, a polishing cloth as well, and the original iPod used to have a case. Like Apple used to give you all sorts of free stuff when you bought. But then they started charging you forty nine dollars for a, pack, a free pack of socks for your. <laughs> I, I, I said, don't knock the Apple sucks, Jason. That, next week, Roman Booker, we're going to have a, a podcast about uh, iPod sock. Well, we, who's going to make the Vision Pro sock? Like the first? <laughs> I guess it'd be a cozy, like a like you know, like a toaster cozy or something, like a Vision Pro cozy. <laughs> put over it. Well, that does it for this episode of the MacWorld Podcast, episode eight hundred sixty nine. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through X, that's at Macworld, or on threads, that's at Macworld underscore HQ, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.